0: Hi, I'm Vanessa Anderson. And I'm Stephanie Cooley. It's time to give ourselves a moment to be real, to express all of
1: motherhood. Mothering is beautiful. It's wonderful. And you know what? It's fucked up too. Come hang out with us. We're the Real Motherfuckers. Hello. Hello. Welcome back. (laughs) You're listening and you're watching the Real Motherfuckers. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Vanessa. So today is a special one because I've been going through a lot with this topic recently. And I was like, you know what? It's real. Let's let's, let's talk about it. it. Yeah. Um, this episode is about um, working while mothering.
0: Yeah, it's a big one. It's I think it, when you mentioned this, I was kind of like, uh, I don't know if I have a lot to say about that. And then like my day started going. I'm like, oh, yeah, I do have a lot to say about that. <laughs> There is a lot going on when you're working and trying to manage everything. And I feel like on all aspects of life, you know, it's a big, big pie. You're trying to... Each slice has its attention it needs and and attention it deserves.
1: Yep. So um, Steph's going to start us off. Yeah. Okay. So I thought a nice little icebreaker to start this off is us sharing each one little story on how we dealt with, or just not even dealing with, just experiencing hardship with mothering and working at the same time. And sometimes it gets really crazy. Mm-hmm. Too crazy sometimes
0: where it feels like, and it, and it happened to me this week, and maybe I became conscious because of our topic this week, but I felt like I was at work or at home, but my body was there, but I feel like the rest of me was catching up with the last thing I did. Like, uh-huh. I couldn't catch up uh-huh. with the task at hand in the present moment.
1: So, yeah. Can, get can you give me an example of when when you felt that? This week? Yeah. This week, I was at work, and I'm. Um,
0: when I showed up, I realized... But, which work? Uh, this Vanessa like- <laughs>
1: does, like, 500 works. Yeah. True. She does a billion yeah. things for work. I do, my day changes
0: a lot. So just to give you an idea, I'll just give you what's currently happening with me and then I'll tell you the the the, the exact example. So pretty much um, I wake up, some mornings I teach yoga before my kids even wake up, then I get myself ready and I get onto the next job which is getting them to school, getting all that, that ready, our household, our pets. Then after that, um, usually in the morning, I go to a parent-child class or a Spanish class to teach. I usually teach straight until about 1 p.m. and then I pick up my child and then from there I homeschool him and then an hour later I usually have a group of anywhere from four to eight children that I go to or they come to me Uh and I work until 4 or 4.30. Then after that I uh, prep dinner and then after that I work on the podcast, whatever we have to do. And then after that, it's you know back to my family. And then after that, it's the podcast again lately. You know, <laughs> so that's been the week. So I we had a week off, and we were just focusing on the podcast this week. So when I went back into it, not having that extra time for the for everything, I started my job. I felt lost. I felt like unorganized because I had gone out and out of my rhythm for a week. Mm-hmm. That I forgot items when I got to my parent child class to bring. Mm-hmm. I had to memorize. I, at my job, I memorize stories. I memorize circles. I don't have a piece of paper in front of me to be like, what's next? Yeah, <laughs> it's got to be in me. And so to be fully present, you know, I have to be grounded. And I did not feel grounded that day. It went okay. I gave myself a B minus for that class. I
1: bet you no one noticed.
0: Oh, you, you think wow. yeah. I did. Yeah, you know? that's what matters. That's what matters, because <laughs> I felt like I gave 80% that day. Yeah. But the crazy thing is other moms felt the same way I was feeling. So yeah. I was like,
1: yeah, they fed off the energy yeah. that or the, was off.
0: Or their morning felt like mine did. They're like, that's I forgot true. this, and, yeah. you know, we're not prepared either. Like, I didn't bring what you asked
1: us to bring, so I was like, all right. Good I guess here. I guess there's something to be said about how there's comfort in knowing all the moms come fucking <laughs> scatterbrained right? We all come scatter-brained. Totally. none Totally,
0: us come ready anyway. No, totally. I was like, oh god, we're in the middle of something. I was supposed to memorize. I was, and I was like, just get me out of this fucking moment already. <laughs> you know, I just want to be done. But I, you know, those days make me appreciate the days when I am on. Yeah. So it yeah. was just, it's okay to have a bad day, and I had a, kind of a bad day, but, and I felt exhausted, and I still pushed myself to work out at the end of the day because I knew. If I didn't, I was gonna feel grumpy the next day. I needed to get that energy out of me not feeling well about myself and just kind of saying, "You're cool, chill, chill, bitch. You do, you did like eighty percent is pretty good." Sorry, listening to your day was exhausting. I know, (laughs) I know. So when I can get a nap or can get that, yeah, luxury, yeah, Yeah. luxury, yeah. So uh, that's how I am Monday through Thursday, pretty much. And Sunday I teach yoga, regular class. I used to teach more, but, um, that's my Zen class. It's not my working day. It's my connecting day. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think everything I just said will come full circle with where we're going, but yeah. How, I mean, how about you? Did you
1: feel my, my hard working mom moment was, so he is five. So I guess four years ago. I was, I had my second kid and I was still pumping, and I had to take the train to LA to see a client. And it was, I don't know, six o'clock in the morning. And I had, for all of you moms who've pumped before, it's like bringing five luggages and all your crap. And I have my laptop bag and my lunch for the day, all the crap, you know, I'm like the bag lady <laughs> and I'm in the train and I'm pumping, you know, and that's super comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't make no noise either. Super, it? super wah, comfortable. Wah, I, wah. Mean, I, was, I was on the like commuter train. I wasn't on the nicer Amtrak train. I I think it's called the coaster and I was on the commuter train and I think I was in the stops before like everybody got on. So I had, I was pumping, then I finished the pumping and then, you know, dealt with all the parts and unscrewed everything, poured them, you know, all the milk and all the crap. And then I was trying to get it all done. And when you're doing it in a public place, it's stressful. Like you also don't want to get anything dirty. It's gross. It's on a train. Yeah. And I was wrapping everything up and put it in my bag. And my bag was on the chair next to me or in the seat next to me and a brush of people come in okay so i'm like trying to get everything done and then this woman who really just hates her life came to me and was like if you didn't pay for that seat you shouldn't have your bags on that seat oh no bitch, and i'm like in the middle of me feeling flustered already and this woman's yelling at me on the train and i'm like oh i well i, well, I was uh, i was trying to pump and, and i was like <laughs> i don't know what to tell you but this is weird and then um she just walked away and then another woman who sat across from me went Shh. and i don't know if there was a rule of like you can't talk on the train but she shushed me the other lady yelled at me and i just took my bag and i was like i'm just gonna be here <laughs> <Good Lord! laughs> what the fuck was in the, your universe Mine was dingbat, yours was being motherfucker. I know, I had, it was such a moment of like, oh my god, what is happening here? Why isn't anybody understanding that I yeah. just pumped my boobs?
0: I know, <laughs> and it was already uncomfortable for you to do that in the yeah. first place, you were trying to be mindful before they came on, and then yeah. here they are being dicks to you. That yeah. is rude. That I, was a hard moment,
1: but. I see, I'm so sorry. Like that. I feel so, like. And all, that's before I'll, you even started your day. That was before I started my day. Thank God it was with my second, because milk was flowing much better then, than my with my first. And also, you know, first time mom, like dealing with pumping was always like such a hard thing. Um, the second time around, I felt like more of a pro, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And did yours make a lot of sound? Were you like nervous about someone? Oh, doing yeah. it? Was it? I mean, don't we all have nightmares of? <laughs> See to me? I know. To me
0: it sounds more like an alarm. It did sound like that, but in my mind it <laughs> it's that yeah. I remember yeah, it it so you had the sound. You did you put a blanket over you when you did I,
1: I had one of those like um covers. It's oh, like, like the a breastfeeding Yeah, the, Yeah. Yeah, the breastfeeding wow. poncho.
0: Wow. And the coaster Amtrak. Well, and then they
1: have the um The little cooler case and all of that—that's and bulky too. I just felt like I was. was No, I know it's it's, you carry carry lots. Yeah, Yeah. to
0: make things happen while you're working. (laughs) This is where why we're sitting here, and we, you know, I know you moms. Maybe you can think of while you're listening one of your times where you felt like you had a bad day, and it was like, how am I gonna get through the end of today?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: There are some days when I feel that way. Like I'm like, oh my God, this is only a quarter of what I'm doing today. And you know, trying to fulfill um not just the tasks I just mentioned before, but my day in between has having those reverent moments with your spouse, having that yeah. reverent moment with your child, yeah. meeting their needs. They might have a bad day. Yeah. You know, you gotta I meet know. their bad day, you know, and, and, and it's in that slice of your pie of your day. Like for me, I see a pie here, right? So it's the morning, maybe that slice when their bad day is here. You just had all this happen and you still go all Oh my gosh.
1: Going. That was such a long day.
0: Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. It for makes sure. it for a long day, especially if you started it like that. Mm-hmm. Like the start of the day is so crucial and we will get to that too. Oh my gosh, yes. But
1: um Okay, wait. It sets the tone. So tell me, I think that I don't know a lot of this and I'm curious. Is can you take us back to like your your career, yes. even before you were a mom, yes. So
0: I went to school to get, in. I got my bachelors in communications and marketing and in Spanish. Okay. Um, not I, in teaching. Not in teaching. Okay. That's what's really crazy. I did work at a preschool while I was um, going to college. Mm-hmm. Worked at an early childhood center. Um, I never thought in my life. Like, I am like, I never saw myself as a teacher. I never wanted to be a teacher, Mm -hmm. Um, especially in our society, what teachers are. It's just like not a valued thing, especially because of the salary. Right. So I was told before I got my bachelor's, my dad goes, I'm only paying for certain degrees. Uh First of all. Yeah. And he's like, and I'm not letting you find yourself in this fucking journey and not on my dime. You <laughs> yeah. Find your shit. On your I, get own I get that. I get that. Yeah. So I was like, cool. I respect it. Like we're on a budget. Yeah. I appreciated him even offering to pay and help me certain times. Yeah. Parents
1: know. don't want to pay for soul searching. No,
0: <laughs> they don't want to, you know, whatever degree that, you know, might not bring income because my dad wanted me to be, and I see the, the good in what, in his intention. Yeah. He wanted me to be an independent woman. Right that could be self, you know, self-sufficient and sustained and not need anyone to help me with my living, right. you know, that I could be in the world and be independent. Yeah. So marketing was definitely one of them. And I thought, okay, I have an outgoing personality. I did um, like preview kind of pre-internships and visited big names where I was like, okay, they make, they're like, yeah, your starting salary would be the six figures that they, and they're like, you know, if you come and we'll give you this. You'll be, you'll, you'll, you'll be part of the team kind of thing. And I was like, okay, well, I just have to get my degree in this Then I'll be with them and check, check, check. I'll be happy. La, 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 la. So long story short, I didn't end up in those specific interns. Um, I ended up going to a nonprofit, uh, during college and, um, it was working with the sheriffs and, um, it was called uh watch your car. And a lot of there was a lot of thefts in Arizona at the time, still mm. are auto thefts. Mm-hmm. And it was a program that was um, it was under grant money. And it was I worked with the police department. I got to meet the governor. Um, I got to meet lots of politicians. It was really good to network. Yeah. Um, and pretty much the gist of the the internship was we would go to these places that had the most thefts, and we would get an etching on their window so then when it, On all their windows, so that if they ever went to chop shops, we were able to identify the vehicle. And we would do it with police officers. Um, We even went to like Petco's headquarters; they were getting hit hard. So like we went, we were give people like auto theft devices. Like remember the little hand claw and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, we would the jack,
0: the jack. Yeah, the jack. And then there was even a foot pedal one. I remember Uh Jack made that too. So like we would actually, it was funded where we were able to give these things to people when they would come and. Tell them, you know, what they can and can't, what they should do to prevent, and what they shouldn't do to prevent car theft. And then there, the biggest thing was there was this little sticker that you would put in the back of your car, and it looked like a car, but the wheels were eyes. I remember it when I was yeah. when I was doing the internship. I was dating Ryan He goes, there's your stickers. There's your stickers. They were everywhere on people's cars, and um, if you had that sticker, the police was allowed to pull you over between the the um, hours of two and six a.m. Mm. Those are the times when your cars are stolen the most. Oh. So anyway, that's what got me the window into nonprofit. So I was like, I'm doing something good. Yeah, like I knew what my mentor was making. Was it like the six figures? It was decent. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I like helping people. You know. So then, but then I got out of college. And I, I um, was a little. I felt a little lost for a bit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So then, um, I did teach. For nine months, I went back to my hometown, actually, which was something I never thought I was going to do, and um, looking for jobs, and there was this job about being a reading um, assessment specialist. I thought, what is that? Mm-hmm. Just looking at job searching. And they had it, and they interviewed me. Oh, I'm just going to go for it. I'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. So they hired me. I was like, how the fuck they hired me? <laughs> you know? But anyway, I went to training and, and did some cool things, and I had a reading disability as um, when I was young. Really? I did. So it was kind of like a therapy for me to do this and help others have that. Um, I don't know if I was dyslexic. I don't think I don't feel like I am now. I am none of the signs, but um, I wasn't read to a lot. We didn't really read when I was a little girl. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I was behind the curve of those who did read. Mm -hmm. So anyways, I I did a lot of um, small sessions with children that didn't know how to read. And um, so then I got that's how I got like the teaching job. I was an A teacher. I was there to assist the children and test them. Um, and then if they scored below or did not know how to read or identify letters, I would, was their like specialty teacher that would guide them through that. And it was so rewarding that to see is. these children like that didn't even know what the letter A was read. To have that, like, see that light bulb moment. Yes, it? absolutely. So, and and the way I was teaching them, was not just sitting down and it was like jumping rope to it you know mm-hmm. we would jump rope to the sounds and we would play these games and we were happy when we were doing it, it was different than what they were used to so they wouldn't associate mm-hmm. you know um so then uh and along the next journey was we moved here to san diego ryan went, got to law school um i had to step it up as the breadwinner mm-hmm. so then i did go to corporate yeah i went from so i went from non-profit to yeah. education to to this uh, corporate job where I was in charge of staffing, like KB Homes and all the major names of the big contractors here, and it was the time when Southern California, especially our county and San Diego, was booming big time, mm-hmm. like Chula Vista, all the new neighborhoods in there. There was nothing there. We I would go in there and staff all the people there.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, were and you, you were doing marketing then? Yes, mm-hmm. I was doing marketing and the HR. So you did use your degree i did uh-huh.
0: so that's when i like was you know yeah. finally putting in the time with yeah. what i put all my hours in yeah so uh so then uh, there was some cultural things that i wasn't really loving about being in that set that setting and i'm not saying all construction settings are this way but they are predominantly male mm-hmm. and i remember being uncomfortable in certain situations and even feeling vulnerable in certain right. situations so i'd be in the middle of nowhere with, you know, people I didn't really know and yeah. alone sometimes. Um, so some unethical things started happening in the company, um, that I just did not, it wasn't no, not, not like sexual harassment stuff to me. Some certain things did happen to me, but I was able to brush those off and I it could be that it's generational. I don't know. I should have left. Well, here at was this, point. This. this was like 2005. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Um, I was like, ah, they're construction boys. You know, you're used to like the whistling and stuff. I had someone slap my ass at one point. uh, Make comments about my physical appearance. Um, But the thing that really got me was um, there was some political stuff happening, and that there's uh, are the owners of the company wanted to look at my personal email because our ex manager quit, and she sent us all an email about the unethical things that they were doing. Mm -hmm. And they wanted they all the owners came to the office and. Everyone that got sent that email, they're like, open your personal email now or you're fired. Oh. And I was like, whoops, <laughs> there's a <that> head thing. <laughs> that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I didn't even know what to do. I was like, well, that's like them going into my mailbox, like yeah. my physical mailbox. So I was like, this is illegal. Yeah. This is illegal. So I decided and to I'm quit. I'm sure a lot of people felt pressure to do it. And one person walked away. Yeah. I sat there for a bit. It took me about an hour and a half before I walked out and quit. Yeah. I had to really contemplate. I even sat at my blank screen and I was like, am I opening this? Is this worth it? Yeah. And I didn't like the job anymore anyway. So I just got up and left. Then I did some soul searching, typed in and I was like, you know what, what made me happy so far? What has made you happy? Schools, children, giving back. So I typed in schools and Encinitas. That's where I used to live Mm -hmm. before I had kids. And Sanderling Walters School popped up, you know, and, and the crazy thing about this, and I believe it was Faith, is that school told me six months a year in, they were working to even get be the top like 50 search with that, mm-hmm. with that name. So it was like destiny. I just called them like, if you're hiring, let me know what you're hiring for. I was willing to take anything. Yeah. So I started as their office manager. Um, That was the biggest interview I ever had in my life. 20 people interviewed me yep and i was young (laughs) yeah and i did well so they hired me they're impressed was able to do that Did was it 20 people in one day same time oh okay it was the school board and parents wow yeah and um teach some couple of teachers um and so yeah i had to know a lot i did my homework on what the philosophies were and everything
1: yeah so stayed for that job for a while loved it A good interview you did your research i
0: did i did my research and all that and i'm trying to, to do this quickly to not be so redundant but long story short people realize oh she speaks spanish how cool i would go into the classes and help out because i just wanted to learn more about the philosophies um one of the teachers said will you would you mind starting doing like a kindergarten spanish circle and i was like oh i love that and i started bringing in festivals and different things for my culture and then they're like one of the spanish teachers quit and our and we got let go actually. And um, they're like, you know, if you're willing to go to training, this job's yours. Okay. So I thought, why not? So I went to this amazing training that's not just about learning, but it's also a biographical inner inner and spatial uh, therapy. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful curriculum to, to learn and do. So I thought, oh my God, if this is the curriculum and I saw what it did for children and families, like why, this is a beautiful thing to be a part of. So I taught at the school and was the office manager because the, they didn't have enough grades to, and they didn't want to replace me at that time. They still wanted me to be the office manager. So I was double duty mm-hmm. for a while. Then I was on the school board then I was on the teacher um, committee, which I was one of the youngest ones that ended up being the person to come to when parents complained about a teacher, evaluations, and also um helping teachers get um you know get education and just have um support from the school to just enhance their career and enhance them as a teacher that was like one of the things that I was
1: a part of so I you were in all aspects of this school I was but that's I was. Kind of cool cuz then you get to see all sides of a business and in, in schooling
0: I did, and we even I even the permitting process of getting sites, moving a school. I did that. I was in charge of moving a whole school. Yeah. Oh God, talk about stressful, relicensing <laughs> it, all that good stuff. But um, it was beautiful. I grew a beautiful program. Um, it was written about, um, and um, yeah. So then I had Olivia, or I was you know I, I made a commitment to the school before I got pregnant. So then I had Olivia. They were beautiful with my maternity leave. Very, very supportive. Mm -hmm. Um, And I went back. And it was tough. Not tough because they made it tough. Tough because I was away from my child and I didn't feel like that was the right thing to do. I had waited a long time to have Olivia. Yeah. And I didn't want to miss a moment. I used to go 65 miles an hour. Hope there's no sheriffs listening. I used to go 65 miles an hour down this fucking Green Canyon Road just to see my baby. With my titties pumping with the... In thing. the car, yeah, the yep.
1: double pumpy bra, Yeah.
0: And I just couldn't get to her any any sooner, and I
1: just longed for her all day. And I thought, were you I'm... working? You were working full yes. time, yes.
0: And okay. I was still on all those committees. It was a lot. And how how old was Olivia? Newborn. Okay, yeah. she was a newborn. She was three months old when I started, and my mom was here, and I cried the whole way to work, and just knew in my heart, this is not. I want to be there all the time. Mm-hmm. So. I would come home, you know, be with her, connect, and then be on the conference calls with all these committees. Um, and then I told them, I, I, I'm I, never going to get these years back with my daughter.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I want to be present with her. And I felt like I was choosing other people's kids to spend my day with instead of mine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then and, and I'm going to rewind a little, little bit before I became a mom. I became a yoga instructor as well, just because it. It was introduced to me. I loved it, and I wanted to know more about it. Mm-hmm. So now, fast forward, I didn't work, and then I started, still working in yoga. As soon as I got had Olivia, and I did quit my job, I became a yoga instructor part time, and I also became a um, a mentor to teachers part time. Other schools, language, foreign
1: language teachers, and so I did that part time work. And then, what's amazing to me is that you are really good about putting yourself in different places and adding value in different realms. Thank Um, you. That's, I, that takes a lot of stamina and a mental load to be able to segment your, your, your mind to think for this one thing and then for another thing and then switch it often. Yes. Yes. I feel like that job, um, those jobs really
0: helped me learn, um, how to do that especially cause I was teaching all ages and then I was with parents. I was with teachers. I was with board members. I was with attorneys. Yeah. So it's like, I had to be on these different ways. It was like almost like preparing me for being a mom. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So it, it's given me the skills then, to be flexible, to have courage. Yeah. And to have faith in myself. Cause I'm like, if these people are nominating me, that's the other thing. I was nominated to be part of these things. Mm-hmm. So for people to come to me to say, I want you to help these teachers, I want you to be on this board because we value your opinion and you're organized. It, it it meant like, whoa, these people have faith in me. They see that in me to do it. Mm-hmm. So um, it was really good. It did teach me a lot. Um, it taught me to come in with confidence to situations and to also to, to be real when it, I didn't know something. I didn't want to give them something I pretended to know. Yeah, because people know and can smell that so oh yeah that was a lot of my career yeah and it's your turn what's going on now We're let doing me talk this about
1: let me talk about me trying to bs my way through an entire career and feeling imposter syndrome but oh. no i i doubt it i do You're feel amazing. like having imposter syndrome is such unnecessary evil to have yeah to have that feeling because it's kind of just like it's necessary for you to learn, you know, like it take to go into places that you don't know yet. And you just kind of have to figure it out along the way. So is it fake it to make it? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Fake it to make it. So I started um, my career um, in newspaper reporting. I went, I took a journalism class in college. I thought I was going to be a teacher. I don't know what the hell I was thinking Oh, that is that. so funny. I thought I was going to be a teacher. I took one internship being a teacher's aide. And I was like, oh, no, I don't want to do this at all. So it was just a hard thing. I Me connecting with kids, I was like, what was I thinking? Anyway, I that wasn't my thing. So interesting. Yeah. I did not know that. And here yeah. I'm thinking, it's like we switched bodies. We switched bodies, for sure. <laughs> so I took a journalism class and um, I wrote this piece about, there was this I worked at uh, an eyeglass shop and one of their uh, patients was this man who uh, repaired real life sex dolls. (laughs) That's the picture I saw. (laughs) Yes. So he repaired real life sex dolls. I can talk about this another time. It's a very fascinating story. He basically received everyone's fucked up sex dolls that they they either messed up, didn't want anymore, had buyers remorse, whatever. He received them and he repaired them and either resold them or or sent them back to the people that that wanted them repaired. And it was fascinating enough of a story. My journalism teacher who worked at the Sacramento Bee was like, "I love this. Like you need to work for me." So then I worked at the Sacramento Bee and interned there. It was so so fun which led me into writing for a couple other local town newspapers. And I loved it. I loved every aspect of it, you know, like going out to the field, talking to people, learning new things, learning about what was going on around us as far as, you know, I worked every beat that you can think of from the cops beat, listening to police scanners, trying to like decode all of the codes that they're saying and going out to like fires and trying to, you know, getting the low. And I also sat through like really boring school board meetings. <laughs> and, um, I interviewed random BDC list celebrities. Uh, like I told you, I interviewed. Well, that uh, one was A. P, yeah, I re- interviewed P. Diddy. It was a, a panel of like five reporters. And he was an hour late. Did not apologize for being late, of course. And um, it was great until it wasn't great because I was so freaking broke. Um, and I was tired of being broke. And um, I was living up in the north in northern California in the Bay Area, and it was a natural progression or just a- another move for me to go into tech public relations. Um, it was just a lucrative career. I I stopped reporting and I went into PR and I tripled my salary.
0: Yeah. I you know. I,
1: feel, I, I was like, money, give me that pay Give me I that, can eat. Give me that tech money. <laughs> all the tech money. And I remember feeling so invigorated by just like, I'm in this hot space. It's so cool. I go to this office where they have all these perks. And like, it was great until I was like, had to sit down and do the job. And I was like, what the hell are we doing? This is like, it felt very unnatural to me. Mm. Um, But I figured it out. I wanted to be there. I knew that there were so many opportunities for me as far as like growing up the you know corporate ladder. And um, I love working with a team as well. And the actual job was fine. I got to learn about new, new tech all the time. It was one of those things like, like, you don't do the same thing every day, which was really awesome. But I was in that for probably, I went through like three agencies and agency life is like a crazy thing. There's a saying, um, it's PR not ER, but it always felt like it was an emergency situation. It never really was. Um, and I just had a few jobs that I just didn't enjoy because of various reasons. Um, you know, mean, mean bosses. Yeah. That's a tough one. And I, and And it's, Tough one. it's a tough one because i had my kids at one at one job and it was just hard because we're trying to prove our worth i feel like sometimes extra like okay just because i had a baby doesn't mean i'm not committed to your to your workplace you oh, know good so, enough yeah and you know them. like i i remember like feeling like i had to try to hide that i was i was a mother you know like i'm still the same person even though Internally, I'm so not the same fucking person. No, you and know? you don't even have the same freaking sleep. Yeah, and <laughs> I was working forty-six hours, sixty-hour weeks, sixty-hour weeks. Oh, you know, like I would get up, do the work, put the kid down, and then work again. Wow. You know, but like it was temporary. Some days, you know, the way it works to you in tech is like there's a big an announce, big announcement, or there's a big show that they're going to be at. Like it, it ebbs and flows. Um, you know, I'd had eight clients at a time and it was just a lot, um, all the while having kids. And I decided at one point I was like, I'm done with working for someone else. And I decided to go on my own. So I did the same exact thing went on my own and I finally worked with people that I really, really enjoyed working with. And, um, I don't regret all the hard years from before because it helped me be able to work for myself. Yeah. You know, and I was able to make the same six figures I was making before. And, um, after a few years, I was like, it's so hard to do this job that I can do with my eyes closed, but I couldn't do it. Like it would take me hours to do something that was so simple. Mm. And, um, just cause I was dilly dallying. I had, my mind was in other places. I, it, I just, so I decided to stop working and take a breath for a little bit and be with my kids for a little bit. And then there was this hard moment of like, but I don't want to be with just my kids. Um, which might sound bad, but I didn't feel like I could be a great stay-at-home mom um, because I felt like, I don't know, I wanted something in addition to being a mom. Um, I, I remembered from being um, on maternity leave two times that I was like, I'm going to like being at home with my kids all the time. And this is me personally. I, I don't, I like to have, some space for me to be me and not just be mom um and i've come to this place where i've started writing doing things creatively for myself i've started writing um i started this podcast with you and it takes a lot of time oh my god it takes so much time my husband's like what are you doing (laughs) no like he's like not saying it in a bad way but he's like what like what are you like Where's your time? Where's going? your time going? And I'm like, I swear I'm working, Yeah. you know, um, but I feel like I'm working so much more fulfilling hours. But the hard part for me to grasp when I've talked to you about this is that like, in the back of my mind, I still think I'm not making nearly as much money as before. And I still have 10% of me all the time thinking I should go back to PR. I should go back and do the thing that makes money because I feel like I need to have value and worth and it's with money. And it's in the dollar it's sign. It's such yeah, it's such an a dollar sign thing for me. It's like I've been I've been programmed to think this way. We all have been. Yeah. I think we all have been, you know. It, it's the American dream. It's the yeah, American dream, you know. I'm so glad that we both had parents who pushed us to Absolutely. be independent and to work for ourselves and not depend on a man. And you know what? I love that. And at the same time, I am also so grateful that we are both in positions of privilege that we have had. Um, we have partners that make a good amount of money, so that we can explore these creative pursuits. And you know what, my husband reminded me of too is that I've cried about this so many times with him, just feeling like I've I have the zero value. He's like, Do you realize that when you were working? You know, 15 years ago, back in the Bay Area, when I started my business, you were supporting the both of us. Exactly. You take
0: turns. Yeah. And that's how it was with me and my husband. Yeah. And same thing. Same thing. I supported him in the, uh, he supported us in the beginning a little bit. We moved here. It was me. And um, then I supported him in other ways in his career where I wasn't doing additional training and stuff because he was doing the training and I was trying to hold our relationship together. Yeah. So that we weren't both um, not present. you know, there's that other end of the, the, there's that other end of careers is how deep and how much time are you putting into it where you're not nourishing back the people that support you. But it's like, I feel you guys took your turns financially and now it's your turn. It's your turn to do this. And this is like the, the ripeness of your career. It's like all those things led you to us sitting here, you writing. Mm -hmm. It's like you're, it's the gift. And it's, it's, it's interesting. Like I always say, we all have our spiritual journey our healing journeys are all different i found mine earlier than you of what made me happy and what i just when i decided to let go of the money yours is now and there is a mourning process to that Mm -hmm. and there's a evaluation process to that Mm -hmm. and there's also your
1: value system because there's a moral value system to careers yeah you know i think one aspect that i always think of too is i have i'm very fortunate to have an amazing nanny and i've had many nannies who've helped me and my family and a lot of times i would equate my worth with how much like okay how much of my salary is going to pay for this nanny to watch the children my children so that i and i'm not going to be with my own children you know yes and i read somewhere that we we as mothers do that but if we have if we have partners like it's your shared income don't don't compare it to your own income and the hours away from your own kid it, it's just you set yourself up for failure to think like you versus them it's like they're there to help support you you don't need to like do a dollar sign comparison of yeah. how much i think some unfortunately
0: some families are separate ca- accounting oh like, that's true you know yeah. there are some people that have separate accounting and so it it could be it is on the mom if the dad if the, the dad or partner is like well, if you're the one that had the kid, you're the one that... You know, oh my gosh, one, yeah. And how yeah. shitty. That's a good way to... That, yeah. That's a shitty thing. But um, I had read this fact that said that 43% of highly skilled women leave the workforce to be a mom. Uh-huh. They leave the workforce to be a mom and, and some of them don't go back. Mm-hmm. Some of them do. And some of them reinvent themselves during that pause and period of time, which I thought was great.
1: Yeah.
0: But it is a huge transition.
1: Yeah, Huge we're, transition. We were talking about how, like, how we're constantly pulled with what the outside world is telling us what to do with our work, our careers, our lives versus what we want to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that pause to, like, think about the reinvention is. It's is, golden. Yeah, it's golden. And for me, I did go
0: there. I was like, OK, my teaching salary versus me being away from my child. And then I had if I had to have higher A nanny, which I never have, I've never had a nanny. I have would have to absolutely have had a nanny um, because my husband goes away all day, all night. Yes, it's not like he's home for dinner, you know. So I I evaluated all of that, and for me, my decision was the dollar sign at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. and it was like I said, that time away from my child. Mm -hmm. But I had a, a mom tell me before I let was you know decided to leave. She goes, don't ever give up on a little piece of your career. She Mm -hmm. goes, you should have that. Mm -hmm. She goes, I didn't, and I regretted it. Mm -hmm. And so I always had that in the back of my mind. Um,
1: Well, I always think that every mom who has a job, who doesn't have a job, having that little piece of you stay with you is so important because our kids leave. They do. And then we're left with ourselves. Yeah.
0: But also your kids see you like my kids see me and Olivia, my, my daughter will say, wow, mom, you have a lot of cool jobs. <laughs> yeah, so That's what they tell yeah. me. And they're like, "You, mom, you have lots of jobs. Some moms only have one job. You have lots of jobs. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. you're right. I really do. And it's, and it's neat for them to see us grow. Even them seeing me in this, in our podcast, the work that we've been doing, our kids have been missing out a little bit on us because we have been working doing this podcast, but they're seeing the work we're putting into it. And, like, my daughters, I've seen her, like, mock trying to do her little, like, podcast or something with Jimmy, like, you know, in the in the playhouse. And yeah. It's really sweet to see it. It's good for them to see them, us, have courage and us try
1: and, you know, be it's scared. Kind of, I'm realizing, too, it's cool that because we do our stuff from home, they, they see it. They see the process.
0: Mm-hmm. And they see that we're being brave. And they see the process it takes to complete something. Mm-hmm. And that it takes work. Yeah. It does. And um, yeah, I, I'm, I, I feel like for me, the way I make decisions is even with things I take on for my career and to be able to be stable with my family is time is money mm-hmm. because what we earn is for us to have time off. There's like a comfort with your money, right? Mm-hmm. You can live in a better place. You can take vacations. You can t- have that massage. You can do your leisurely things with money Mm -hmm. it's but you're trading your time Mm -hmm. and your energy and your essence and your breath to get that money so i'm so glad that you have decided to trade your time and your energy into something that serves your soul Mm -hmm. because i feel like there's nothing better than that to even if it's a less dollar that dollar has a soulful quality to it Mm -hmm. that nourishes you and doesn't bring you down it lifts you up mm-hmm. so congratulations oh thanks
1: you have <laughs> to keep i'm still it. i'm still working on it i course. know we talk about this daily but it's she's doing great i cry uh every she's other doing day so great Speaking, what am i worth oh totally. But you know what again like i'm such in a place of such privilege because i have a supportive partner who is like just do the dang thing do what you love <laughs> Um, um, and he made a good point. He's like, "What you're feeling, I'm feeling too." You know, and totally. so like when you are fulfilled, I feel full, full, fulfilled too. Um, yeah. Do we want to go to our just the tip? Um, we could. Yeah, I think I wanted to mention
0: one more thing. Okay, just one more thing that we had talked about before we started is when you do work, and if you are working full time or part time or whatever it is that you're doing. When your kids start to need you in at their school, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And, and Or there's you have an important meeting or you have an important project and that play or that class presentation or that anything that involves your child really wanting you to be present for them and it takes time away from your job, some people have that dilemma of, mm-hmm. oh my God, mm-hmm. I have to take off work to do that. Mm-hmm. And some people might not have the time to do that. Yeah which is a whole guilt loop around, you know, I really personally feel like these are the moments we're never going to get back from our children, you know, and I feel like that could be one of the traumatizing moments of you weren't there for that play or you didn't see me do this Um, could stick in to them for you not being there. But, you know, I think it's a constant battle for some of us and some of us can't always be there for those plays, for those things. And, you know, I think it's good to acknowledge you're not alone, that you have this conflicting battle of being a provider and also being there for those important milestones.
1: This reminds me of my mom is 78 and has three grown children. And still to this day, she's like, has talked about feeling guilt for working full time and not coming to a lot of the school things and all I have to tell her is mom like growing up that's just that was my reality you know like I didn't think that it was a bad thing that was just I just saw my mom as working and that was that was my truth and I never thought like oh I missed out you know like my mom was still there in the ways that she could be there when she came home from work even though it was at odd hours of the day and night she worked the graveyard shift she still cooked this meal. She still, you know, spent time with us. We would sew together all the time. We would, um, I'd be in the garden with her. So it's like, I think some of us feel guilt for like those moments, but there's other moments too that we spend
0: with yeah, our kids. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, I guess that's a great point to make. If you can't make it to those things, maybe you have a special time aside where you can really take in their experience when you do see them or that mom can film it for you or you know there there's other ways thank god now it's easy to do that but yeah yeah, I I feel like that was my conflict when I started was I did miss a thing or two this year Mm -hmm. and then I was like I don't want to miss anymore you know so I was like now I'm trying to really be on it to not do that but yeah I mean we would like to I think maybe just the tip is good now what do you think Yeah, just the tip. Would you like to go first? Or do you want me to do it? Sure, you go. Okay. So I feel like with all these moving parts in um, a mother and father's day, it's so important that you set yourself up from the beginning of your day. Mm -hmm. Set yourself up for yourself, right? So yes, indeed. Getting up early. I know some of you are like, I'm not a morning person. Which is okay. You can could this even shift at shift it nighttime? exactly. Yeah. So then maybe you shift what I'm saying to the nighttime. Yeah. After the kids are in bed. Yes. Yeah. So I will tell you what I do, and we can maybe you can help me with some examples of night, and I can too. But I like to start my morning. I wake up purposely an hour and a half before my children wake up. Mm-hmm. And I gotta tell you, sometimes when that alarm goes off, I'm like, oh, oh shit, God. it came too fast, and I'm like, really don't want to get up. But then I'm I, I I lay there for ten seconds, and I'm like. You will regret that that 10 minutes of sleep or whatever. Yeah. So I get up, you know, I I meditate for a bit and I set the intention for my day. And and I would say an example would be today. I want to be present with myself, present with those around me and feel peace and send peace. So like, that's one of my mantras that I,
1: I got to write that one down.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'm going to put that in the show notes (laughs) because that one's a good one. I repeat that to myself. Yeah and I do it for about five minutes, and I really want to like amplify that, and um, when, and then I get up and do the, tr- then I will either exercise um, for 30 minutes to 45, take my shower, get myself personally ready, so that way I'm set to go. If exercising in the morning doesn't work for you, um, and some days I skip a day, I have that cup of tea or cup of coffee, and the reason I start with something hot is because it makes me present, I can feel the heat in my hands, mm-hmm. I start with all my senses. Yeah. I look outside. I take in deep breaths. And I just really focus on feeling where I am right then and there. Mm-hmm. And then after I'm present, you know, I start to prepare things for the day. That would be maybe the making the school lunches, um, prepping the, the breakfast to get started. So I have all those things done. I'm ready to go. So if I'm ready to go, when my children wake up, I can fully focus on them and there's less conflict Mm -hmm. and also there's time for connection. Mm -hmm. So once they're awake, I, you know, snuggle with them. I give them their kisses. I get them ready. I really really try to have my intimate moments with them before we separate. Mm -hmm. You know, I do whatever my son wants to do for 10 to 20 minutes and then I'll do the same with my daughter and we connect and it's whatever they want to do. I don't have my devices with me. It's just, it's their time with me you know cuz that's such a good way to to just start with them then we'll do school things get all that ready you know we're off to work um when my child when we reconnect again as a family after my work is done um and school time you know i, I turn off the radio in the car i make sure i look at them in the eye mm-hmm. make sure i, I we're you know intimate with hugs just make sure that hug is nice and juicy you know like and so I re- even with the river mirror from the car, I make sure it's to their eyes and to their face, where I can see them and they can see me, mm. and we talk about. I say what I always tell them: what's three things that went so good in your day? Do your kids answer that? My son is hit and miss. Uh, yeah, okay. But I was just wondering. I his, was like, his stories come later. Yeah, yeah,
1: but they come. Yeah. So he'll and bits and pieces throughout uh, the day, yeah. right? Or weeks later. Totally. So <laughs> <Yeah>. I overachieve
0: <laughs> with three. Yeah. So maybe it'll be one, and then I'll say, "Well, what was one thing that you maybe the day could have been better or worked on." Mm-hmm. And I let them tell me if the bad things to them mm-hmm. happened, you know, conflicts or whatever. And then after that, we come home, we enjoy a snack together. They kind of do their own thing. They introvert since they've been extroverted their whole day. We reconnect at dinner. I'm having my kids prepare dinner with me. So we are not doing separate things. We are making this meal together. And if they like it or don't like it, their hands are in it. So yeah. it's, it's in there. And it's another moment where we talk all about our day in detail. And... Um, Can you share what you do at your dinner time, please? Because you have like,
1: Mm -hmm. can you please share that? I think it's a beautiful thing. Well, we have dinner around 530 and um, we have it at the dinner table. And we, our grace is saying one thing we're grateful for. Mm -hmm. And um, we also have this like dinner table talk book. I love it. This is what I wanted you to talk about. And we go through like one to three questions every time. What were the the ones we did last night? I can't remember. But there are things like icebreaker. It's an icebreaker book. So like if you were a genie, what three wishes would you, you know, would 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 you you have? And then or like um, there's ones about like what animal would you be and why? And it's great because I have a five-year-old and eight-year-old and an 18-year-old in my house and everyone can answer these questions it brings you together and it brings us together it is like a segue to other things yesterday i tried a high low thing like what was your high point what was your low point everybody was like medium about it <laughs> I try to like introduce new things like what did different things to converse about. I remember one um, friend told me that he asks his daughters, what risk did you take today? Which I love. So I I integrate that sometimes. Um, And a lot of times my kids don't say anything um, to these prompts, but the adults at least do it. So then they can get a glimpse of us and our, our days as well. Um, but yeah, I think the Icebreaker book has been a really great one. And we go through the same questions over and over again. And it's it's fun because everybody has different answers. Totally. Or we'll be like, okay, we're going to ask this question again. Don't answer it the same. Come up with a new answer.
0: Yeah, it's you a know. challenge. Yeah. Now I know where these, these are coming from because they're actually coming to our table. Because yeah. I think Catalina asks her friends at school those <laughs> questions because Olivia <laughs> will come with them. I'm like, ah. It came from here yeah so that's I love it yeah I love it and I and at our dinner table we light a candle you do too mm-hmm. yeah we light a candle and it's really nice ambiance and it just means like the light of our family when we light it um we do the the sound bowl too do you really yeah how beautiful yeah I love that uh-huh. why am I not doing that I don't know <laughs> I am now <laughs> we do that when we're not feeling well or feel off a little sample but going back to the routine after dinner we clean up together i feel like if we do it as a team and we even play fun music Mm -hmm. oh that's a
1: good idea Yeah, so we like
0: dance while we're putting stuff together Mm -hmm. and might do some silly time yeah and then we know that we have a little bit of a moment to to maybe either play a game or just kind of do what we want to do and then it's you know bath and 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 um story and i try to get my kids to bed early enough where i still have a segment so for those of you that don't want the morning time Make sure you have enough time in the evening to work out, to do what serves you, Mm -hmm. to do what will fill your cup. And And don't do what I do lately,
1: which is scroll. Don't scroll.
0: Yeah, I know. But we've been doing that because we've been on trying to connect with you guys. So it's been gnarly. I'm usually not on media as much as I have been. But, you know, having that time again at the end of the day to close your chapter, to reassess your day, connect again with yourself, or do your exercises, do the things that serve you. But what I really wanted to say, I feel like if you connect with you in the beginning of your day, you're going to connect more with others. Mm -hmm. You're not going to feel like you're skipping a beat. Mm -hmm. You're not going to feel this disconnect. I feel like if you can feel full Mm -hmm. and connected with you, Mm -hmm. you will be able to connect with others
1: in a deeper, pure, and present way. Yeah. Real real talk. Real freaking talk. Real talk for me because I usually wake up at five to do pretty much a similar morning than Vanessa. No, I slept in till six 30. And my morning was frazzle dazzled. <laughs> oh my God. I, I did not have the connection with my kids. I did a little bit, but it was like, I was also like, you need to do this. You need to do that. I got to do this. And I just felt just so like, Da, 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 Scrambled. Da. Yeah. yeah. And I haven't had that time for myself this morning. And I don't know. I'm sure you felt it this morning when you saw me. You're like, you okay? I'm like, I... you good? You're all, I <laughs> can <laughs> hey, wake up at five. I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's real life. Sometimes it, it happens. And um, even if you set yourself up, you're still going to have bad days, but I yeah. feel like they're easier to deal with. Yeah. They really are. um So, my just the tip is from dr shafali sabari I don't know if I'm saying her name right but she wrote this book called the conscious parent that really changed the way I looked at parenting um which is basically giving permission or telling yourself to work on you to be become a better parent um that you're not you're you're not serving anyone if you don't work on yourself and I'm talking for um, women or moms who work, who work from the home, um, this is something that I think we all should do to become yes. better parents and just a person too. Um, and I'd like to read some of what she wrote or in her book. After all, how can we hope to raise our children to be free thinkers and free spirited if we aren't these things ourselves? How can we raise independent, autonomous children if we aren't, if we ourselves aren't independent and autonomous? I accept I am a human being before I am a parent. I accept I have limitations and many shortcomings, and this is okay. I accept I don't always know the right way. I accept I am often ashamed to admit my own failings. I accept I frequently lose my center, worse than my child ever does. I accept I can be selfish and unthinking in my dealings with my child, etc., etc. I accept my ego. I accept my yearning for consciousness even though I often sabotage myself when I am about to enter this state. Wow. I think that giving ourselves a permission to learn and grow with our kids mm-hmm. is, you know, either, whether we're working, we're not, we're working from home. I think that we're all doing this together. We're working together. Do
0: as I do, not as I say, right? Like Yeah. You, you, do as I do, not as I say. Correct. Yep. So doing it that way. But we want to thank, I'd love to end with that. That was pretty deep. Yeah. I think yeah. you know. Thank you guys all for tuning into episode six. We've been getting feedback. We love you guys. Thank you for starting this journey with us and believing in us. And we're we'll gonna be bringing some more juicy things here. So stay tuned. Peace out, motherfucker.